I can't conform myself to one style, black and white or documentary or street photography or color. There's too many things that I like. Uh, and Instagram is a brilliant platform to just post. This photography podcast is brought to you by Frames, quarterly printed photography magazine. Here is your today's host, W. Scott Olsen, with another fascinating conversation. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast from Frames Magazine. My name is Scott Olson, and today we are going to Scandinavia. Today we're talking with Bjorn Nielsen. This is work that I find really, really interesting. Bjorn's got an approach to photography, uh, and especially the human body, that is instantly recognizable. We talk about photographers developing a style, developing a voice, and we've got a strong, provocative, really intriguing one uh, today. Uh, Bjorn's resume is the kind of stuff that dreams are made of. He's been on by the Paris Photography Prize, by the Tokyo Photo Awards, by the Documentary Family Award, the Lesberg Photo Festival. I mean, you name it, it keeps going on. He has studied in his past, get this folks, he studied visual design, photographic processes, project management, journalism, political science, cultural studies, art studies, media and communication studies. This is work that is informed by a really deep, I think, sensitivity to human nature and how it gets expressed visually and then, of course, captured photographically. Bjorn, welcome to the podcast. How's everything over in Sweden today? Thank you, Scott, and thanks for having me. Uh, everything's good here in Stockholm. It's a bit gloomy, but <laughs> it's good. Mm. Late summer or mid to late summer over yeah. in Scandinavia. Uh, beautiful, beautiful time of the year. Bjorn, I, I am a fan. I look at this work and it speaks to me. Uh, I mean, I could never do this myself, uh, but I look at it and the emotions I feel, the responses I have are really, I think, important to me and to many other people as well. But I want to begin with something you say on your webpage. And, and it's, it's, a really compelling idea. You know, you do a little bit of biography. You say you started your career as a photographer in newspapers. You started in photojournalism. And you say you've always expressed yourself in images, you know, photographic, painted cartoons. But then you also say something I find really interesting. You say, I am basically a cultural scientist with a focus on media and communication. Okay, what, what is a photographically oriented cultural scientist? Oops. Um, <laughs> did I write that? <laughs> no, I did cultural studies. It started out that I wanted to write about photography, not taking pictures, mm -hmm. and find out more about what makes us tick as human beings when we see, uh, see photographs. Mm -hmm. And then cultural studies just came along. Well, tell me how cultural studies influences or informs your photography. What did you learn there that helps you with a lens? Actually, it's political science that influences me most because I okay. wanted to be a documentary photographer when I was young. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've always been interested in politics and society in general and people, human beings. So it started there, actually. Uh, so it's more political science than cultural studies, I think. The newest project that I'm going to start is about a suburb again. And that's more... It's a, no-go area. I live there as well. And I just want to meet people here. I'm, me I'm meeting people right now and the buckle flats that they're living in. 
and I'm just I haven't really finished that I- idea completely, so I'm not sure how it's going to pan out. Mm-hmm. But it's more political science, I would say, than culture studies. And are you approaching this new project from a more social or a more individual uh, subject yeah, matter? I always, most of the time when I see media, when they talk about suburbs like this, it's always about the violence or the drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're just people living here. Most 99.9 people here are just average people trying to get by different classes. And I just want to show a different side of society. Or sure, show a more uh, true side, maybe, because the white middle class in Sweden are really occupied with these gang murders everywhere, mm-hmm. and the drug the drug related, but they don't really matter, I think, because they shoot them each other. They don't shoot us. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, then it's I want to show the real suburbs in in Stockholm right now. I've done that in the past, and I, I want to do it again, but this with an analog camera. Okay. There, there are many things in what you just said that, that I want to talk about. Not only analog, but I mean, you're returning to a kind of documentary approach, and yet a lot of your images are highly stylized. Are, are, are you still going to bring that, that really sort of art, fine art vision to the documentary work? Yeah, because I've tried documentary, and it didn't... I, it's it's really interesting doing. I love it. most of the books that I have at home are documentary photographers, but I want to bring my own thing. So I usually have I usually make small drawings before I take a picture, but I want a documentary feel to it. And how I get that, it depends on what kind of people or, or person I meet. So, well, tell me, tell me more about the drawings. Are, are you sketching light and shadow? Are you sketching composition? What are you doing? No, it's just outlines, just fast, really fast ones, uh, just for me to remember. I get images in my head. <laughs> it sounds like okay. a crazy person, but I get images in my head sometimes when I see an artwork, where I see a photograph, where I listen to a song, where I see a film, uh, and then I just make a quick sketch. And I try to oh, make an image out of it. It doesn't. It's, it's not a copy of what I see or hear. It's more an image that I get when I see something or hear something. Oh, that that is very cool. And I can see how that would inform uh, a lot of the work that I'm looking at here on my screen. But before we get to the to the new work or the contemporary work, um, you've mentioned a couple times that you started off as, as a documentary, as a photojournalist. Tell me about the early days. Tell me about the first camera and how you got to know that, you know, photography was what you wanted to chase. I wanted to be a painter, an artist, like mm-hmm. many people when they're 17. And there was this uh, teacher <laughs> who uh, just borrowed her camera to me because I was really shy back then. So uh, I didn't want to sit outside and just make lots of drawings. So I thought of if I take a picture of it, I can bring it home and then draw it, and that's how it started. And I, mm-hmm. I left painting and drawing way back then, and I started taking pictures. Because of the, because of the speed of it, or because you were realizing? Yeah, it was much, yeah, I, I saw the images much more easier. It was more, it was simpler, simpler, actually. Yep. So, um, and I got to work at the Swedish television, and they had this huge dark room that I could borrow. So it was really easy developing back then. So 
Otherwise, I might have <laughs> dropped it, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm beginning to wonder how many wonderful uh, painting careers have been ruined by photography. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, p- p- people at 17 are too impatient, although at 17, I just wanted to be a rock and roll drummer. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, w- but when did you know that photography was it for you? I didn't. I, I, I worked on uh, some local pre- papers and did a thing, tried to do my thing. But then I, d- I realized how our life came along. And I met a girlfriend. I moved to London. I went to Sydney. I came back. I got a second degree. I got kids. So I dropped photography for about 20 years. Oh my. It was just actually like 10 years ago that I really got back into it again. Mm-hmm. And what what brought you back? Just passion. I, I took some pictures of my kids and I, I felt something and I started just, okay, let's do this again. <laughs> but uh, for real this time. So that That is very cool. Switching gears just a little bit. You have an article on the Frames website um, about an image called Torso, which is you know indicative of a lot of the rest of your work. It, it is a brilliant image. Uh, and I, I'm intrigued by some of the things that you said about it. But walk me through again, and the, and the people that haven't had a chance to look at it yet, and everybody is on the Frames website, just search for Bjorn's name. Walk me through that picture and what it meant. Yeah, that one. Okay. Uh, no, there was. I, I did some test shots with her mm-hmm. for a different thing, and she, she had two of my babies, and she said it was just, uh, improvised and I saw how her skin really folded and I said just do it keep doing it before that I've been taking pictures of what do you call them uh, a bit more heavier people because uh, okay. I love the, the, the body then how it can twist and turn if you are got a bit more um, extra weight if you, if you can say that right uh, but this one well, she's skinny and her skin was really weird looking, actually. Um, <laughs> and I love how the body is really, you can flex it and you can mend it, but you don't have to be like a dancer. You can just be a normal person and just find lines and almost like you're baking a cake or something. Mm-hmm. I love that because it makes me feel like I, I almost touched the body, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah. One of the things that, that I find interesting in in your description of this image, um, you say you know during the time that you took it, you were you know you had a creative crisis going on, and you said this image came to sim- symbolize the inner you, you know, and how your own anxiety would look in a picture. How is this image of your wife an image of you? Because mm, it's like you know Edward Munch's scream. Uh huh. Because. I can, when I look at now, I see the picture. That's why it feels like it hurts, and I like the uh, the hands. They're really skinny. It, I mean, it, it's one of those pictures. You look at it, and it is both beautiful and troubling in the best, best sense of that term. At the same time, um, it's, it's one of those images that you don't just pass by quickly when you see it. You ha- you have a particular strength in portraiture. And not just, you know, corporate headshots. I mean, portraits that really, really do uh, speak to something going on deep in the, the subject's 
uh, soul, it seems like. And I want to tell everyone, you, you've got a line on your resume here that I am tremendously jealous of. Um, and this has to do with the Photo Vogue uh, website that's based with Fo- Vogue magazine. I'm proud of the fact that I have three, count them, one, two, three images on this site. You have 133 images uh, on Vogue. 15 of them um, got to Best of Vogue. And as you go through them, these are all pretty much character studies. These are all pretty much portraits um, having to do with the human body, having to do with emotions expressed through the body. So as a body of work, as, as, as a series Tell me about portraits. Tell me about what you're chasing with these images. I usually, I, I, it's people I know. They're not uh-huh. models at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I want to do with real people. And I love seeing, it usually happens in the moment uh, when I do the mo- many things that are on Photo Vogue. It's just me having a coffee with them. I know them since ages and what see what happens uh so usually sometimes or most of the time is i try to see what happens when we work together and see like i said i I wanted to paint so i usually take a lot of pictures i draw up outlines for the uh, shoot we're Mm -hmm. gonna do this i'm gonna do that i'm gonna do this and then afterwards i usually find the images sometimes i do it with the projects, I, I, I know what I want, but most of the, uh, not most of the time, but half of the time when I do portraiture, I do just, I find them afterwards. Um, I take a lot of pictures with these people and they can talk and they can do whatever they want. And I, t- I usually see it when I take the photographs and do this, this was good, try and do it again. And it's a lot of your work is outside. A lot of it is interior. Some of it seems like studio work. Some of it seems a little bit more candid than that. You know, pictures in the kitchen, that kind of stuff. And and you've mentioned a couple times with painting. Obviously, that's all about light and shadow. Tell me. And one of the things I admire about your work is uh, the way they are lit. So when, when you're doing a lot of this outdoor work, is it all 100% natural light? Are you bringing any equipment along? Nowadays, I usually try and bring equipment, but on Photo Vogue, most of the images are just natural light because uh, I love the lighting. Some of my early favorite photographers, they use just lighting, just natural light. I hope, mm-hmm. otherwise I've been <laughs> fooled. Uh, Christopher Anderson is one, the other oh, is a British one. Uh, all of the Magnum photographers are my, are my inspiration. So they always use natural light. So I try to study light for the past eight years and see what happens and and try and use it in my images. So are you intentional about it or is this stuff that you discover during post-processing? No, that's intentional. It depends on what kind of images. Let's see. I guess if I do a portrait, uh, I have a shot on my home website. Uh, Mm -hmm. This this girl with lips. Um, That one was just, I saw it and the lighting here is really good. Let's do a couple of things here. Uh, most of the time I see it, but I know when the light, where, because I usually move around in really small areas outdoors. Uh, so I know exactly, usually what time and when the light falls on that particular spot. So I know when okay. I take pictures of people that, okay, we, we need to be here around five o'clock, yeah. say. Okay. 
Um, a lot of your work is very stylized. A lot of your work is almost impressionistic, uh, multiple exposures or really, really strong use of color sometime. Where, where is this coming from? I mean, you've got a particular affection for the color red in a lot of, of your shots and some, you know, high tonal contrast things going on. But you've got some black and whites that are a little bit blurry. You've got some, um, like I said, you know, multiple exposures. There's a lot of high concept thinking going on. Yeah, it is. Um, with those things, I'm experimenting right now because I want to see where that one goes. Uh, and if I can use it, I have a couple of projects that I haven't started, but I, I want to see if I can do something with that. I, I want to express more with the with the uh, red colors. Um, I have a favorite photographer. Oh no, painter in Dan in Denmark. Uh, he do drawings with. He's really good. It's a bit scary. I find it. It's a bit close in. In the, I, I can't find the words right now. The claustrophobic I get from mm -hmm. just red and white or green or yellow, I mean. Uh, so that's what I'm trying to do. And I want to see if I can use that more. So on frames, I put it there just to see what happens. It does, it haven't really got off on frames, but <laughs> on other platforms, it's worked better. But. Let's take just a quick break. We hope very much that you are enjoying today's episode. The very fact that you are listening to this podcast suggests that photography means a lot to you. And if that's the case, you might want to have a look at Frames, quarterly printed photography magazine. We truly believe that excellent photography belongs on paper. Visit readframes.com to find out more about our publication. And now, back to today's conversation. Well, walk me through a couple of the images on your website here. Uh, and everybody, th this is Fodor13, F-O-D-O-R-1-3, uh, .com. And there is a little button to translate it from Swedish into English, which is always helpful uh, for those of us with a limited Swedish vocabulary. But talk to me about, well, the very first image is a woman's legs in red, with red curtains and a white sheet of some sort. Tell me about that image. Yeah, that's the uh, my current project. Uh huh. It's about couples spending time together for a long period of time or what happens. It's based on my own relationship, of course, but I also talk to other couples. Mm -hmm. and what happens to power structures and sexuality and especially when the woman makes more money and what happens to the dynamic in the relationship. And that's what I've been trying to explore for the past two years, actually. And it's almost okay. finished now. Uh, so I'm going to try and find, uh, it's going to be a book. That's it. I'm going to find, try and find a publisher. How, what do you mean by finished as a number of images or the images have finally gotten to a, a point that you like them? I got a lot of images. These are just early ones on my website. Um, uh -huh. I've been talking to photographers here in Sweden that are really on the top of the pyramid. And they're going to try and help me sort these all of these images out. I know which ones I want, but there are other ones that I'm not so sure of. So I'm going to select them this autumn and try making them into a book. Oh, very cool. Um, the couple pictures down, you have a bunch of handprints on what appears to be glass looking out onto a nature scene of some sort. Um, there's a lake, there's a... 
tell I mean, again, walk me through that that the process of this one. That was just me and the kids doing it, and <laughs> uh, but I, I like handprints on 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 uh, on glass, especially mm-hmm. with that lighting because it feels desperate in a sense, but not violent because I don't want anything to do with violence, but still trying to convey some sorts of desperation in that one. I, how did, okay, now that you've said that, um, I can see desperation in there, but I have to tell you, that was not my first emotion okay. looking at this one. <laughs> what did no, you I think? Um, I saw it as being more playful, as being more celebratory, and, and maybe you know, that says much more about me than it says about the, uh, the image, but I did not see reaching and grasping as much as exuberance. Am, okay. I, completely, am I completely misreading it? No, no. I usually when I do images, I, 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 I usually do it so you can put your own emotions in it. Hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to point fingers to direct people into a certain. Sometimes I usually, sometimes I do it. When people ask me what they're about, I usually don't tell them actually because <laughs> I want them to to find their own thing in them. If you know what I mean. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, I have a friend who tells everybody when they say, you know, what is your picture about? He says, it's the, ser- it's the search for the South Pole. No. It has nothing to do with anything. But they, then they look at him and say, what? Uh, <laughs> now, the, the picture right below that is a very moody and, and dark picture. Um, this is a gentleman with his shirt off in a black background. He's out of focus and blurry, um, looking down and, and, and sort of haunted. Where'd this one come from? It's just me, actually. Okay. In my natural habitat, me feeling like uh, <laughs> there's supposed to be a, a talk on frames. People got really angry with my images sometimes, but I try to tell them that it's supposed to be. They're all supposed to be in a book, and it's supposed to be two images together. Mm-hmm. So images seldom, or sometimes they tell a story just by themselves, but usually they meant to be two images that convey the story. Now, did people object to this partic- this image in particular? I haven't published this one on frames, I think. So. Oh, okay. It, it, it is a compelling, I mean, not, not a um, happy picture, but it is really compelling in terms of, you know, I didn't know it was you looking at it thinking, oh, th- this man's in some kind of emotional state um, and seeing whatever reflection there is of, of me in that. I think it's a, it's a brilliant picture just in terms of its lighting and its composition, the way you're using the black space there. I, I can't see why anybody would object. Uh, no, not one. to that one, but there are yeah. others <laughs> that people haven't really liked. So, yeah, okay, um, so much, so much for taste then. Yeah, your Instagram page ranges all over the place. You've got the photo reel, you've got the surreal, you have portraits, you have you know urban street shots. Are, are, are you basically you know? just walking around with the camera waiting for uh, inspiration to strike or how much of this is trying to pull stuff together? Now, Instagram is just my play field. Uh, when okay. I started 10 years ago was or eight, I told myself I, I have to post one image every day, single day. And I did. Uh, I've stopped now. I do it most of the days, but not always. Uh, so that's not really, there's no red line. 
it's just images that I like and from different projects and from different fields and all over the place. Do you think it's important do you think it's important to be public every day? No, it, it was for me when I started I just did it just to take images, not to forget forget to do it. Just okay. to, uh, but now I do it I don't really do it every day but it's become an obsession that I do every day that I have to, to it makes me also make small stories sometimes with images mm-hmm. that are aren't actually a story but I like to play around with them so it helps me just to be creative sometimes are your best photographs narrative yeah I would say and narratives about you, narratives that are just reflections of, of the audience, um, narratives of the situation that you're trying to photograph. If you are the storyteller, whose story are you telling? Okay, sometimes, I, oh yeah, I'll tell everyone's story and my, my own. Okay. Uh, it depends on where I am and what kind of image it is, I would say. Well, so, t- talk to me about, the, the, there's a picture of a bunch of people standing outside a 7-Eleven. Oh, yeah, that was the one I was in Copenhagen. I loved that one. I was looking, standing over uh, next to them, just looking at him. And he looked really sad, that guy. And I'm not really sure if that's his family or not, but it looks like it. And then I just made a small story out of it uh, Mm -hmm. with these ugly, uh, these small glass figures in the next image and then just a broken bulb. That was a typical example of how I just try and play around for myself actually and make a story out of it i mean this picture actually for at at many levels uh, and everybody it's on the instagram page again Fodor 13 go look at it because the the universe gave you all sorts of elements that work together there um the guy who's sort of you know you said is really sad sitting on the curb there was not where my eye went first but then once i saw him I mean, his jacket is the same color as the stripe in the 7-Eleven sign. Um, the other guy has a sweatshirt on that's about the same color as a different uh, stripe. You've got that's the door true. that you've got the door that's half open, so there's some motion going on. That woman is holding open what appears to be a guidebook in terms of okay, where am I? <laughs> how, how do I get from here to, to wherever I want to go? Yeah. Um, and the sep- and the separation between the guy looking down and the re- you know the rest of the people uh, with open door between them. It's it's just masterful stuff. So if it's completely accidental, you're you're lucky as all get out, but I don't think so. Uh, It is. I see. I I usually walk around with the cameras. I love street photography. Uh, So I always have my camera with me and I look Mm -hmm. for pictures and that was just one that I saw. But it is a lucky shot in that sense that I saw it. I was there at the right time. Yep. Um, A very different picture is a couple before it, and I, again, it, this is in Swedish, so I can't figure it out, um, but it is a, a woman sitting on a stool, the back of her dress is open, uh, she has short, a shortish blonde hair, it looks like. Do you know which image I'm talking about there? Yeah, it was just a couple of days ago. <laughs> okay, well, th- this one is clearly well worked over in post-production. Yeah. Um, you know, wh- whereas the other one, the Seven Eleven shot is, is, you know, essentially, here we go. This one's got a lot of work done to it. Tell me about the difference. Tell me about an image where you say this one I'm going to town on. I, I had a discussion. Okay. I'll start from the beginning. I had a, a talk with a good friend of mine. He's a documentary photographer, but in film, mm-hmm. uh, 
and he said, this is just a new style. And I, I don't really, I can't conform myself to one style, black and white or documentary or street photography or color. There's too many things that I like. Uh, and Instagram is a brilliant platform to just post whatever I want because it's just for fun. Well, well, you're in the studio, I, su- I suppose. You take a picture of this woman. It's a beautiful portrait. But, you know, you've got at least a third of it in what appears to be negative or infrared. You've got, you know, a little mist in there and haze. And, and yet you've got some really sharp focus in other words. So, I mean, talk to me about the process of discovering the distance, you know, the, the distance between the picture you took and the picture you published. Okay. Uh, now I've been trying to, uh, with, with the red and yellow, it's the same thing. Uh, I just invert an image. Yep. And uh, I want to see if I can make you make use of that in a project that I'm doing. And this is just test shots or and uh, me experimenting. And if it pans out, I... Sometimes I put it on Instagram. Okay. Because the image wasn't meant to look like that to begin with. I have a a real one, the usual photo from the studio shot. Uh, But this one, I was just playing around with the computer, and it worked. Okay, now there's two things that I really want to follow up on there. Talk to me about discovery in post-processing. Talk to me about trying stuff. Because, Because the other thing you said was you can't reduce yourself, you can't limit yourself to one style. So a a lot of people, you know, they strive for one style. They say, you know, I'm going to be the best, you know, photographer of left-handed polar bears in the world. But you're you're going the opposite way. You're you're wanting everything. I know, and that's why (laughs) I listen. I I listened to Martin Pard during the pandemic, and he said, if you don't have a style, you won't make it. And I agree, because your work needs to be recognizable to people almost instantly but i'm not really focusing on making it big if i'm honest i just want to do my thing nowadays mm-hmm. i want to get published and i want people to buy the book of course and i'm going to make promote <laughs> myself but i'm not really i've gotten a bit too old to really do the uh, career thing so i'm doing mm-hmm. what i want want to do and i want to and i do what i want to put out there without any limitations just do what i feel like i'm not looking for my wife wants me to work again commercially but i don't do that nowadays i just do my things and try and find scholarships <laughs> for it so <laughs> seriously so. well you know, I, you know i i would say you do have a recognizable style in in your approach to the human body and in, in your approach to forms and that's expressed in a variety of ways with color or you know post-processing and stuff but do you do you spend most of your time in post production? Is is that where the real creativity comes out? I don't really edit my images that much. That one is really some. It is some layers on it, but it's not mm-hmm. really that much editing on it. Uh, and most images I don't edit. There are a couple of layers I do. I do colors. Documentary photography, where I came from, you're not supposed to edit. So I'm really. I'm having a hard time editing <laughs> too mm-hmm. much because yep. it feels fake for me. Uh, I can do color correction. I can do lighting and shadows, stuff like that. But that's it. I usually don't do more <laughs> editing. 
Well, I was going to say, you know, in some of them, you, you've got, um, you know, playing with light and that kind of stuff. But you've also got the double double exposures. You've got the blurs, that kind of stuff, um, which is not difficult, but it's certainly present. Oh yeah, I, I, I've started now the, the this year actually to see if I can make it. It was this current project that I wanted to find if I could do some images in a different style, and then I started experimenting with. I'm not really that good in editing, to be honest. Uh, so my skills are kind of limited there. So I'm just trying my uh, see what happens. Actually, mm -hmm. if, if if you wanted, if, if you could write how somebody would describe your work, what would you say? Personal, hopefully. <laughs> okay, no, it's certainly that. And I hope people feel connected. And now I'm talking about this current project. When it gets out, I hope people feel connected and feel that they can take something with it, with them. Especially people that aren't, or even those people that people that spend a bit of time living, more or less. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I hope people just find it personal. Well, it is certainly that, and and I am at the moment, and and those of you listening, I suggest you do this just right away. You know, I'm back on your website, and I'm looking through your gallery here, simply called Portrait, and every single one of them, where you could say, well, yes, this is you know a headshot of somebody, not one of them looks like portraits you would see from anybody else. They are all, from my way of viewing, deeply personal and intimate and revealing. Um, there's something really special going on with the way you're seeing the world, man. Okay, thank you. <laughs> That's good then. <laughs> so tell me about the, this project that you're just finishing up. How close are you to getting it done? It's dependent it's on my wife because uh, I need her as well because all of the images are supposed to be of me and my wife. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a other couple that I, in their fifties, I think, and they do everything. But I think it won't. It it will take away some of the personal touch to the projects. So I'm not going to use them. So then I have a couple of images that I need to do with me and my wife. So I say ten images, and then and then I'm done. Then I just Aww. need to start sorting out everyone, which ones I'm going to use and not. So. Okay. Well, I am looking forward to it. I think, it, you know, looking at the rest of your work uh, throughout your multiple platforms, from Vogue to Instagram to your website, uh, certainly the Frames page, there is just some really cool stuff in here. And a sympathy and empathy for your subjects and the human form that I find personally uh, both challenging and inspiring. Well, thank you, sir. I mean, th th this is really cool work. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Frames. Because excellent photography belongs on paper. Visit us at www.readframes.com.